On a fait 1000 kilomètres. I almost walk right past it, but Chloe arrives just in the nick of time to point it out right there on the side of the trail, their dun color blending in with the flattened and dry grass. They spell out the number one and four square-shaped zeros. One thousand? One thousand! One thousand kilometers! I'm here, one-third the way through the Te Araroa, New Zealand's long-distance pathway. Yes, again, the trail provided with Chloe, who I hadn't seen all day until now, showing up exactly when I needed her. Two thousand to go. I mean, this is nothing. We did the most of it. What does it mean coming this far? It means I'm making progress in this strange calling to walk a long distance through hike all alone, mostly to see what it'll do to my mind, body, and spirit. Well, I'm still standing, and I feel strong. My spirit took a bit of a beating when my Swiss companion told me she hates Americans. And my mind feels overwhelmed and confused by all that's still to come, how I'm going to manage the details, and if I still have it in me to keep moving forward. But right now, there's cause for celebration. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the blissful hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-Rag shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. Also, Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. For four days, I've been walking the Timber Trail, a spectacular bike-hike path through native podocarp, the tall, unique, and ancient conifers of New Zealand. It was tree-sitters who saved the Poriota Forest in the 1970s, and it's really easy walking on old logging tramways. I leave Harrison's Creek all alone. Chloe was really mad at me for enjoying choice bits of a recently killed deer shared with me by a Kiwi hunter and his muse, the Dutch solo hiker Vera. All mammals, except for two kinds of bats, were foolishly introduced to New Zealand, a paradise where they have no natural predators and are a menace to the birds in the bush. But you know, it's kind of rich for us to determine who lives and who dies, since people are also a menace to the bush. But in this forest, we're the stewards. Anyway, Chloe's up and gone and might want to avoid me. But it's two more nights until a resupply, and she's out of fuel. We'll see how that goes. Mist rises from the grass and from the alley coop as I put off packing in the cold morning. I'm lonely, and I feel unsure how to plan for the coming days. A canoe trip is coming up on the Wanganui. It'll be five to seven days sharing a canoe with whom? Then there's an alpine crossing that's dangerous in the fast-changing weather. But who wants to hike with me? I can't do anything about any of that now, since there's no service in this forest. And besides, I came alone to do this thing alone. I know I'll work it out if I just start and let the rhythm of my steps ease my worry. But why is it so difficult to get started? 
It was Irma Bombeck who said, Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. So I pack my things up and get off that rocking chair of worry, stepping onto the trail and whatever it brings me. It's kind of like the rails to trails in the United States, this path cutting deeply through the bush like a narrow canyon with steep walls. Tiny waterfalls splash down, and they're covered in bright green moss. I cross rapids on a sign that tells me that the Fio is one of the only ducks with squishy bills and umbrella-like toes, allowing them to fish in fast-moving water. They're even rarer than kiwi. Forty-three bird species have been lost since people arrived in New Zealand, and it's been hard work to save the rest of them. I see a man below freedom camping by the river, and then five bikes pass me. The walking is easy, and I guess that's why my mind won't rest. I knew this thru-hike would be hard, but it feels hard in ways that I didn't expect. I'm alone a lot, and so much walking feels like I'm just trying to get somewhere. Just when I'm starting to feel really sorry for myself, I come upon a stump house with just a little tiny platform for a bed. It's a tiny shelter that was built when a newly married guy threw both his brothers out of their house. This little joke makes the bog inn look like a palace. And as if in contrast, I pass the luxurious trail lodge, then look for some shade at the sunny and hot Piro Piro Flats campsite. You can drive in here, so people have pretty spectacular camping spreads. One big guy, tattooed in a shaven head, has the sweetest, softest dog, and gives me two beers for brunch. The label reads, If it ain't buck, it's bull. Trail magic chases these blues away, though even with two beers and all that venison last night, I've tightened my hip belt to its max. I crossed the longest and highest bridge of all over the Maramataha River, 141 meters long and 53 meters above the gorge. Well, it was either climb down with all that timber or build a bridge. Good choice, guys. The cables holding this monster have to be pre-stretched and lowered in place by helicopter. Just as I cross the last swing bridge, I notice several bikers down below on the rocks. They're bathing in the pools around the rapids of the Waione stream. I join them in a washing machine of turbulence, going under as far as the cold water allows. A hot shower with soap may be incredible, but a cold swim in churning water after a long hiking slog is divine. It's only one more kilometer to number 10 camp. Vera's there already, snagging the one flat tent spot, and Chloe and I decide to share a tiny shelter, sleeping on the floor like so many other TA hikers before us. But when I start to sing in happiness, Chloe tells me, shut up. Okay, okay, out I go, setting the alley coop in a somewhat flat, wide spot on the side of the trail. Rain, dew, and the elements be damned. I've got a room of my own. In any case, I hand Chloe the rest of my cooking fuel and then walk back to the swing bridge in the gloaming. Perhaps being alone is okay. I have the bridge and the birds all to myself, and just now... The goddess's watercolorist splashes pink in the western sky.
You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker, I hope I can empower you to grab hold of your dreams and hike your own hike, too. If you're enjoying the storytelling, consider subscribing to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, take the time to leave a review. That really helps others like you find the podcast. This time, in the last day of the Timber Trail, it's me, up and out before Chloe, trying to calm this combination of nervousness of what's to come and the fact that I'll be facing it all on my own for the most part. Chloe and Vera seem totally confident and tell me everything's going to work out. I must be annoyingly clingy. Well, off I go, back into this lovely trail of easy walking, bellbirds calling to each other over a fog-filled gorge. There are no bicycles yet, and I find my rhythm quickly, walking in time to Benjamin Britten's Ceremony of Carols. Welcome, y'all. It's December 9th, almost summer in New Zealand, but it's nearly winter at home, and it's Advent, the time when Richard and I work through our huge collection of Christmas albums, singing around the house at the top of our lungs. I'm really beginning to miss home and him. The sound of the streams crescendos as I approach, the ferns daintily reaching out from the steep-sided cut railway bed I walk on, and a rock dangerously teeters in a spot we're warned not to linger. People often ask me how far I walk each day. Of course, that depends on where I need to go because I have to find a place to sleep each night. It's also dependent on conditions of the trail and the weather. A thru-hike means I become a full-time pedestrian. Unless it's a rest day, I walk. And usually I walk all day. I take brunch at the Mangakotukutuku Bridge, another spectacular suspension bridge that replaced the equally formidable timber bridge, one that curved over the gorge. Across the gorge, is a huge cliff of tree ferns marching up. Some remaining trees with bunchy branches crowd in for the light, epiphytes draped over their elbows. The rapids below are loud, a constant whooshing. Spiders build elaborate webs across the bridge cables, and they sway gently in the soft breeze high above the river. I feel good right now. I found my rhythm, and I'm happy being alone. I don't want to squander this chance to step outside my life, but it's too much pressure to expect I'll feel this way every day because the going is often hard and sometimes even boring. But I remind myself I'll likely never come here again, and this is something to remember forever. And then I arrive at the Ongaru Spiral, an engineering marvel. Two trestles are built one over the other with a tunnel below. It was the only way to get the timber out of here on these steep hills. I start at the top and take a selfie with two bicyclists far below popping out the bottom. In the tunnel, I don't bother turning on a light, listening to the gentle dripping of water and the echo of my singing. But that's the end, as I soon enter the new section of pine, Clear-cut now, with piles of branches, scarring, and stumps for miles. 
A sign tells me the Taupo supervolcano is still active as a rhyolite caldera. Rhyolite. That's the same stone that makes up the north shore on Lake Superior in the state of Minnesota where I live. This trail I'm walking on now is made of its pumice. I arrive at a lovely grassy campsite with a shelter built using our Teararoa donations. A store sells snacks and drinks, and there's a festive attitude, mostly from the bikers, as they're being picked up by friends and family. Chloe and Vera are set up already in the sylvan spot under the trees, and then dozens more arrive, mostly young and new to me. I had no idea so many people were behind me. They tell me they all hiked together, about 35 miles today. What? Why? A young bearded man lectures me on how I'll soon learn to go much further every day than I already go, just as he did on the Appalachian Trail. But don't you want to enjoy it, too? Another man shares the story about wading through Okura Estuary way back north of Auckland, as though I hadn't also waded through it. I laugh and say, oh yeah, I walked through it, and then I walked to Auckland. He then proceeds to criticize me for not taking off my clothes when I waded in, and he won't let up on how stupid I was, even after I tell him I simply let my clothes dry off. Oh dear, I am not connecting to this group. Author Jody Peacolt writes, Let me tell you this. If you meet a loner, no matter what they tell you, it's not because they enjoy solitude. It's because they've tried to blend into the world before, and people continue to disappoint them. I don't know. I guess I am a loner by default. But maybe I do enjoy it better, and maybe I want to choose solitude. Tomorrow, it's all roadwalk to Taumaranui, the small town where I resupply and figure out how to pull together the canoeing portion of this trail down the Wanganui River. Most of the talk tonight amongst this group is about how much beer they'll take and how many days they want to plan this canoeing trip. But no one asks me if I want to join them, including Vera and Chloe. Well, maybe there's someone trying to tell me something... I came all alone. I like walking all alone. And if canoeing with this bunch includes that particular American guy, I'm going to pass. I know you can't paddle a canoe all alone, and I have no idea who I'm going to go with. But I tuck into the alley coop, and I try to remind myself, the trail will provide. And you know the end of the story. The trail eventually does. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast, also Belega Socks. And thank you, too, for listening. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, take the time to rate and review the podcast. That's the way others find me. You can find more about this hike, see pictures and videos, hear the flute music. It's all at my website, theprag.com. Next week, yup, the trail does provide, and I find myself set up to canoe and on my way to the Tungariro Alpine Crossing. But first, it's a wild, muddy slip and slide through the 42 Travers. Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails.